welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording of our Sunday morning service from January the 14th, 2024. For news and information, and to find out how to join us, please visit stjamesleith.org.uk. Thank you, good morning and welcome. (laughs) Whether you are... Whether you are here in the building, whether this is your first time joining us or whether you are a regular here at St. James, you are very welcome. Whether you are joining us from home and are here on the big screen of Zoom, you are welcome. You are all very welcome. We will take a moment now to light the candle, um, hoping somebody's standing by with the dong gong bell and fantastic alan thank you god of light and love in this very moment the star still beckons gather us and let the star call us in new ways of healing and hope, restoration and renewal, as we discover again Christ's call to discipleship. Amen. Let us stand for the opening song, a song of welcome for all. to us by the wise men, forgive us when we feel fear of the other. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Forgive us when we do not make the effort to journey to the end, but give up disheartened. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. 
Forgive us when we do not lay our gifts down, but want to keep them to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. The first reading this morning is from the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, chapter 3, 1 to 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel, got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening.
Let's say together, glory to God, source of all being, eternal word and Holy Spirit, Spirit. as it was was in in the beginning, beginning, is is now now, and and shall be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Phrases, couldn't it? Um, the gospel is taken from John chapter 1, verse 43 to 51. Glory to Christ our Saviour. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, "Hmm, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Two great stories in our readings, but I can't resist starting with with another because um, we finally watched Belfast, that marvelous um, film by Kenneth Branagh, semi-autographical about growing up there in Belfast in the Troubles. And Buddy, who's the nine-year-old version of the famous actor and director, famous version of him, um, skates and tumbles through life the way most of us did at that age, hardly taking in the moving and and shattering events happening all around him. But he is heartbroken by his, his parents' rather agonizing decision to, to, uh, to leave Belfast, to leave Ireland, and to leave the close-knit neighborhood for the safety and, and work uh, potential of, of England. And Buddy doesn't want to go. And his grandpa, Pop, is in hospital. He says, You know who you are, don't you? Your buddy, 
from Belfast 15, where everybody knows you, and your pop looks out for you, and your mommy looks out for you, and your daddy looks out for you, your granny looks out for you, your brother looks out for you, and your whole family looks out for you. And wherever you go, and whatever you become, that'll always be the truth. And that thought will keep you safe. It'll keep you happy. You remember that for me? Yes, Paul. And I was moved by that because of the, the power and the importance of being known, of being recognized and being understood. And I see this in the readings for today, and of course, most strongly in the Psalm 139, in the version we have sung, O oh God, you search me and you know me. All my thoughts lie open to your gaze. But just to deal first with a possible uh, objection, does the idea of being known by God make you uneasy or fill you with dread? Does being known by God that intimately seem like living under a harsh, bright light, one that makes sure there are no corners in which to hide our dirt. I guess that depends on two things. One, shame or guilt on having something to hide, and two, a belief in a fearsome, punishing God who will hold you to uh, account or exact a painful retribution. Think Adam and Eve exiled from the Garden of Eden, etc. Now, I don't deny that we all of us have some moral tensions inside, like, was that lie justified? Or why, why can't I control those fits of rage or, or disappointments that arise from, as I r remarked on a certain five-year-old over Christmas, I know, who is um, <clears throat> still looking for the universe in which he is God. <laughs> but to, to fear God's knowledge of us, well, as, as Richard Rohr uh, observes, he said, uh, the people who know God well, mystics, hermits, prayerful people, those who risk everything to find God, they always meet a lover, not a dictator. They always meet a lover, not a dictator. God is like a lover who knows you so, so well. But we do not always understand that, and some have not even heard that good news. So Samuel, in our first reading, doesn't know it might be God who is calling him. He, he keeps waking up his elder, did you call me? And the, 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 the third time, Eli instructs him on the right way to respond. Say, speak your servant is listening. Well, I think there's something very tender and intimate about this account. Samuel doesn't realize that the voice he hears, so, so clearly it must be a person, it must be Eli, that the voice he hears is, is God. Oh, we love his innocence. He is at that moment without guile, like Nathaniel in our gospel reading. And the weary Eli, who is growing up, who is old and growing blind, who has failed God, has enough discernment to perceive God in Samuel's call and to give him the right instruction. Say, speak, for your servant is listening. So there is a tenderness in being known by God. And I, 
I see a God who nudges us and waits, and nudges and waits. And when we are ready to hear, God is ready to speak. And when we're ready to act, God is ready to work with us. Now, true enough, in hearing God's voice, there is a tightrope to walk on the one side, not listening for God's voice at all in our lives, and on the other, getting perhaps puffed up or arrogant or complacent on our service sheet. Have a look at the words of the song we'll sing for the offering. We rejoice to be God's chosen, to be gathered to God's side, but not to build a pious ghetto or be steeped in selfish pride, but to celebrate the goodness of the one who sets us free from the smallness of our vision, to become, not just to be. I wonder, as a congregation, while we might be tempted sometimes to be secretly rather proud of things that make us special, not so much the St. James the last, but St. James the least Episcopal church in the diocese, uh, our, our, our liberal orthodoxy, the creative arts, music and visual, even our, the warmth and kindness so often remarked upon. And these are part of our calling. But I want to suggest as we move towards our, our AGM and the, and the restatement of our understanding of that calling, it will be good to remember true humility and the desire for service. As a church, can we continue to pray, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? I'd like to explore one other aspect of being known by God in, the, in that story of Jesus and Nathaniel. Even though it's just a glimpse of a disciple we, whom we never hear of again, he's not one of the 12, just an ordinary follower of Jesus, if followers of Jesus are or were ordinary, but he is and was singled out in quite a charming way. Having just asked rather uh, skeptically, can anything good come out of Nazareth, Nathaniel expressed a certain amazement at his recognition by Jesus. Because when Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him, he said of him, here truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel asked him, where did you get to know me? I love the way this question seems to show his nature. A more guile, guileful man might have, with false modesty, asserted his unworthiness. Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now, to be honest, commentators admit they don't know what Nathaniel had been doing under the fig tree or how Jesus knew it, but whatever it was must have contributed to his estimation of Nathaniel. And Jesus' knowledge of Nathaniel certainly uh, impressed Nathaniel, whose questioning was converted to an emphatic declaration, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. So Nathaniel's recognition of Jesus and Jesus' recognition of him hint at the heart of Nathaniel's calling. Yes, there will no doubt be things to do, tasks, missions ahead, varieties of service. But primarily it starts with a state of being, not doing. Being, not doing. Again, to cite, to quote Richard War in Falling Upward, he said, uh, when you get your who am I 
question right, all of your what-should-I-do questions tend to take care of themselves. When you get your who-am-I question right, all of your what-should-I-do questions tend to take care of themselves. So who am I? Well, sure, there are insights about building a healthy self-identity from child psychology and the sociology of group belonging. But I want to suggest that the who am I question makes the most sense in relation to God and God's knowing us. Our God, so mysterious and transcendent, and yet when we are allowed, when we are allowed the briefest glimpse completely impossible to ignore or to forget. So being known by God and our glimpses of that truth, I think they have the effect of, of sunlight unfurling the petals of a flower. Or, or is being known by God a bit like an, an embrace, a fond hug, the tender touch of a kind hand on your cheek? Or is being known by God like a surge of enthusiasm, of excitement and confidence that for this moment at least the way is clear that there is one thing I can and must do? Or is being known by God being able to trust that my hard questions have answers, though I may not even know those answers? And I think that knowing you are known by God diffuses the fear that life is composed solely of meaningless sorrows and pointless pleasures. Instead, we realize that there is a thou to my I, and that I and thou alone is what we are all invited to when we face death. I'll close with that statement from Richard Rohr, the people who know God well, mystics, hermits, prayerful people, those who risk everything to find God, always meet a lover, not a dictator. And in those words from Psalm 139, let me just read from the, the version. Um, this is the NRSV version. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty to attain. And then from verse 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. In our silence, before we turn to prayer, I might invite you, maybe invite you to ask God to illumine those parts of our lives individually or 
as a church where we might think there is nothing divine, no divine knowledge of us, and perhaps catch a glimpse of the presence of God already there. Moment of silence. So as we continue to pray, it's a, I'm going to begin with a prayer of reflection, and I've written this prayer as a prayer of mine, but I invite you to make it your prayer as we open our hearts and ask God to illuminate our being, our life, our mind, our body. <clears throat> Father God, Call me afresh today to a new vision of your kingdom, to a new understanding of your purposes, to a knowing of how best to serve you, to an appreciation of your presence with us, and to an awareness of all that you would have us do. God of healing and hope, challenge me. Challenge me to seek a better way to live, attendant, attentive to your voice and ready to respond. Teach me to discern the call that is from you. May I learn to trust that you will give me what I need and find courage in your promise that you will never leave me. So speak to me today, Lord, for your servant hears you. Help me to hear, see, feel, taste, and sense your presence this day and always. leading me where you want me to go and show me what you want me to know and do. So speak to me, Lord, for your servant hears. And we, as we each hear and feel God's call. We pray for our church, for our world, and for all those who suffer. And at the end of each of these three prayers, I'll finish with the words, through our lives and by our prayers, and ask that you respond, your kingdom come. Through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. <clears throat> to God of healing and hope, your wide and generous love extends to all creation. May we in this church 
and in our individual lives extend the same generosity, welcoming friends and strangers into this community which you seek to build among us. We pray that anyone who is lonely would find company with us. We pray that those who experience broken relationships or debts or worries or cost of living problems would find in us a listening ear and practical support in life's problems. Through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. And we pray for our world in which there is so much conflict, remembering all those who suffer in wars and fighting, for those who suffer in justice. So God of healing and hope, your voice summons us to speak and act for justice and peace. And we pray for all those places where there is war and fighting and where critics of the status quo are silenced, where cry cries against injustice go unheard. We pray for journalists in Gaza, in Israel, in Russia, in the Yemen and everywhere where truth needs to be exposed, that their stories would shine light into suffering. Help us to hear the call of the unlikely heroes, the ones who are persistent in calling for things to be put right. So through our lives and through our prayers, your kingdom come. And finally, we pray for individuals. God of healing and hope, you walk with us in the toughest times and call us back to your love continually. So we remember and pray for those who are sick or at the end of their life, those suffering the difficulties of old age, those who need to hear your voice, those who are lonely or sad today, those who are poor or hungry, those who feel marginalized or confused and conflicted, and those who experience mental illness. So in the quietness, let's make that prayer our own and individually name before God those we know for whom those prayers are appropriate. Loving God who has known us before the moment we were born, gather everyone in need into your loving arms and make us a community that hears the cries of people 
with the cries of their hearts that we may respond. So through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. So God of healing and hope, you have searched for us and called us by name and our lives are in your hands. May we respond faithfully and humbly to your call and do what you ask us so that your kingdom of hope, justice and love can be seen and experienced among us by all. Amen. Glory and thanksgiving be to you, most loving Father. In Jesus, the Messiah, you have come to us. Our hope is built on him in whom you are well pleased. Having been shown to the world as your beloved son, he proclaimed the good news of your kingdom. The blind received their sight, the lame walked, the lepers were cleansed, and the captives set free. At his word, water became wine, 
The hungry were filled with bread, and the dead were raised. Before he was given up to suffering and death at supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body. It is broken for you. After supper, he took the cup, he offered you thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Loving God, we thank you that you know us at the deepest level of our being and still love us. And we thank you for feeding us at this table. And we ask that you would help us to feed others. Amen. Amen.